1: And the other thing is we have an iClub Christmas event. It'll be on December the 18th at 345, and that'll be here at the church. And uh, they're going to go to nursing homes and a Christmas party to follow that. And then we'll have Christmas at Impact on December the 19th, so you don't want to miss that. Uh, There'll be some special things going on here today, here that day. And then we'll have a youth night of worship, December 19th at 630 to 8. So if you have young people, you want to get them involved in that, so, so be a part of that. Then no church on December the 26th, so we're, we will not be meeting at either service on December 26th for people to travel, people to do whatever they uh, have to do or need to do in this time of year. And then we'll have Vision Weekend, and that'll be on January the 2nd, uh, just to hear from Pastor Gabe about things to come and, and what's happened this last year and where God's brought us. And also, if you remember, uh, about a month ago, we passed out some little cards. And if you filled one out, it was for, uh, to, so you could pray for a kid. And they chose the, the child for you to pray for. And those are out here in the lobby if you, if you participate in that. And if uh, you're expecting to get that, that will be out in the lobby today, the child that they chose for you to pray for. And that's just a reminder. Put it somewhere in your vehicle, in your car, in your house, somewhere where you can see it and be reminded to pray for that child. And then we have 21 days of prayer and fasting, January the 3rd through the January the 23rd. That sounds like a long time to be fasting, but we'll, we'll do it, right? How are y'all ready for that? All right. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to fast, not eat for 23 days, 20 days. That sounds exciting to me. But uh, So let's pray that I would have a heart for fasting and so would you. Let me pray for y'all today. Father, we love you and thank you for your word today. Father, we pray that you would just touch our hearts today and, and make our hearts open to receive your word. Father, we pray that, that throughout this busy time of year that we wouldn't forget the reason that we're celebrating. that We would remember that it's because of your birth and what you've done for us. And we pray that you would just uh, give people here peace this season. And anxiety would be gone from people's lives and they wouldn't be stressed out. We just pray for Impact Church as a whole that you would just bless them today as a, sp- a special blessing on Impact today. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Stephen and Cassie here. We've been a part of Impact for around three years, and this is our story.
2: So when I was a child, the one thing that I wanted more in life than anything was to be a mom. I can remember being a a very small child and loving on my little brother, taking care of animals. That was the greatest desire of my heart from the time I was born. And after we got married, we decided to start trying to have kids. And it it took quite a while. Then we found out that uh, I have hormone imbalance, PCOS in that I only had about a 5% chance of getting pregnant and about a 1% chance of carrying the baby to term. When we finally got pregnant, I can remember how much excitement and joy I felt, but at the same time, how scared it was knowing that I may not carry this baby to full term. I may never get to fully meet them and see who they got to be. Through the pregnancy, we had all kinds of problems. Every test that they ran that was supposed to be high came back low. Everyone that was supposed to be low was high. If it was supposed to be negative, it was positive. Positive, it was negative. They told us that Kai would be born with Down syndrome. They ran so many tests. They tried to get us to terminate the pregnancy. They told us that he would never make it. Everything through that pregnancy was the world telling us that we couldn't have him, that something was gonna be wrong.
0: In that situation where I couldn't help, you know, and it was just so much pain that there was nothing that I could do, was, was definitely one of the toughest moments for sure. You know, not being able to, to do anything for her.
2: But God is faithful. So he gave us a healthy baby boy. And to this day, he is an absolute amazing kid. So then we decided, okay, it's time to try for another one. And I can remember taking the test months after month, and then coming back negative and just the heartbreak of not being good enough to have another child. And I thought it was something with me, which with hormones it was. But by the grace of God, He gave us a second child and told us that we only had about a half percent chance of carrying her to term. I had about four months in, my gallbladder went bad. Went in to have a scan for him to tell me that it was my gallbladder, and I can remember the look on the tech's face when she was scanning me, and she had me roll over, which I thought was kind of odd. But she said, my dear, how are you sitting there and not screaming? You have so many gallstones and kidney stones at the same time while being pregnant that I don't know how you're doing it. Well, by the grace of God, we made it through. And we gave birth to a beautiful baby girl who is the light of my world. She is amazing. Well, about five years after she was born, uh, we had to... He had to go to the urologist for some issues. And I can remember sitting in the office and the doctor looking at him and looking at me, and then looking back at him and asking him, are y'all trying to have a baby? The names the baby no, we, we have two. He looks at him and says, how? You are infertile, you have a condition that you were born with that you should never have been able to have kids. So not only was it me that the whole time the world was telling me, the doctors were telling me, that you can't have kids. We found out at that point that the world was trying to give us a second strike saying neither of you should have kids.
0: It was a big relief to hear the doctors say that it was, it was- I had issues as well, and it wasn't just her. Um, that was actually encouraging to hear. That because God
2: is faithful and He wants to give us the desires of our heart and loves us so much, He blessed us with two wonderful children, two amazing kids. So just because the world tells you that you can't have it, take it to God. Ask God. What he has for you, what he sees, what is the true desire of your heart? You are not.
0: kids and isn't God good. Amen. Isn't God faithful. And I know some of you know um some of you know even our story, some of our story from uh before we have four kids now but before we had our first uh miscarried the the very first one. And so I know for my wife and I we, we have um we kind of have a soft spot for people that walk through that and um and even those that are desiring so badly to, to have a family, to have kids, and aren't able to do that or aren't, um, aren't seeing that come to pass yet. And so uh, I, w- I want to talk to you for just a few moments. Before we do that, um, because I feel like there's a very specific uh, set of things that, that the Lord has led me to study on that I think are going to hopefully encourage you and challenge you. Um, in some way but before we do that I want to let you know just to, to celebrate a couple of things and then update you um, our i kids, as, as many of you know we've we've had you know new families and things joining the church and being a part and we have been working behind the scenes to create more space in our kids ministry area and part of that uh, includes the building behind where I'm standing that uh, some work has been being done to, to be able to get an area ready for our middle school age group. And so uh, beginning on January the 2nd, when we show up after the Christmas holiday, um, we will be shifting some things around. And so uh, we'll have birth through one, I believe, and then we'll have a classroom for twos and threes, and a classroom for fours through kindergarten, and then a classroom for elementary. And then our middle school, uh, intermediate middle school, will be able to gather uh, during the 10:45 service, behind here in this, in one of these areas, one of these suites, and so uh, we're excited about that. But here's what we're asking you to do: as our ministry continues to grow, and kids ministry continues to grow, and the church continues to grow, we're asking you to prayerfully consider uh, being a part of that team. And so that's going to add another class that is necessary to be able to minister well. To the kids that we have coming here. And so uh, we don't want to just be a, a, a child care facility. We want to impart life and biblical truth into these kids. And you are a part of that. And so I would encourage you to prayerfully consider over the next week or so um, if you would be willing to join that team. And then we can get with you, get your information, get all of that set up so that we can continue to be effective in our kids' ministry as it continues to grow. And then uh, many of you came out yesterday, was our very first Share the Hope event for the Christmas season. And uh, we had lots of people that came out to serve, lots of people that came out that we were able to bless. And uh, just some of the final numbers wanted to let you know what your giving or your donations or whatever were able to do yesterday in about an hour and a half time. Uh, we were able to bless, uh, we had 224 pillows that we gave away, 274 blankets. 563 pairs of socks, 150 bags of food. Um, we, had, we, we gave away hot dogs, lunches. Um, we gave away hot chocolate. We had popcorn. We had uh, inflatables and things that the kids, that when these, these people were coming in, uh, the kids were able to play and have a good time. And we were able to pray with people. Uh, many of you have seen you know some of the pictures on social media or whatever, but people that were having needs, and we were able to pray with them. And it was, it was just a phenomenal day to love on people in our community, and so uh, we just want to say thank you to you for all of your donations, everything that you gave, all of the the financial gifts that were able to help us to get all of that stuff, to be able to bless those. We had, it was four different churches that were involved, and we ended up having two local businesses, uh, one of them that, well, both of them that made donations, and then one of them that actually showed up and served at the event yesterday to be a blessing, and so uh, it was just incredible to see God. Uh, just unite people for one cause and, and to love on people in our community. So I want to say thank you for that. It was awesome. And uh, we're already looking forward to next year. So uh, it's going to be phenomenal. Um, I, I want to talk to you. We just watched this, this story, this video. And uh, over the last couple of weeks, there have been a few words and phrases that the Lord has really put on my heart that I've been studying on. And uh, I've titled the message today, if you're taking notes, it's what to do. When you don't know what to do. Anybody ever found yourself in a place where you didn't know what to do? Uh, you, you were in a situation, you were in a circumstance where you just didn't know what to do. And I think that there are, uh, there are a few biblical things that we can do. And I would even submit to you that we need to do, that are necessary for us to do. Especially in times when we just don't know what to do. Um, And so I want to share with with you those three things, and I was thinking about um, wondering like how many of us, if you stopped and thought about it, how many of us have had moments in our lives where we just weren't really sure what to do in that situation and maybe you can look back on it now and see like okay well I could have done this I could have done that or this is what God was doing but when you're in it you just aren't sure what to do and I was thinking about you know maybe people that as we mentioned earlier that want to have a child but you were told that it wouldn't happen or you lost a loved one and you're not sure how to move forward come on how many of you know that that can be difficult I remember even before as I shared a minute ago uh, whenever uh, we had the miscarriage with our very first uh, baby and and the struggle with how do you move forward, how do you, like where do you, where do we go from here, and how do we how do we get past this and different things like that. Um, maybe you had a desire in your heart that seemed impossible. Anybody ever felt like God was leading you to do something, or you felt passionate about something, and and when you looked at it, you are like, I don't have the money, I don't have the resource, I don't have the people, I don't have any. Like I had this dream in my heart, but it just seems like it's an impossible thing for me to do, or. Maybe you've been praying for a miracle, but you haven't seen a change, and so you're, you've been praying about it over and over and over again and believing God, and you just haven't seen anything shift. Well, I want to, when we find ourselves in those situations, and you will, you've been there before, some of us are in that moment right now, and then if not, there's probably something that'll be coming down the line to where you'll find yourself in a situation where you just say, I just really don't know what to do in this situation. And I want to give you three things that, uh, that I think are going to help you. And as I said earlier, not only that we can do in those situations, but I feel it is necessary. Like it is a necessity that we do these things when we don't know what else to do. So here is uh, point number one, if you're taking notes, it's simply this, delight, delight. And there is, there is a verse, and we're going to read it. Uh, we're going to read five verses. There's one in particular that I'm going to hone in on. And we're going to dive into it a little bit more, but I want us to start. It's in Psalm chapter 37, and I want to start in verse 1. And this is what David is writing this. This is what he says. He says, Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong, for like grass they soon fade away, like spring flowers they soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good, then you will live safely in the land and prosper. And here's a verse that many of us know Take delight in the Lord. Some translations say, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord, trust him, and he will help you. It's interesting to me that in the first few verses of this, we see it, it comes across to me as David is writing this, and it's for people who have been worried about things that have happened, or who have at least, listen to this, considered Joining in on wrongdoing, maybe because it seems like the people that are doing the wrong things are actually succeeding in life. And he says in verse one, if you caught it, he says, "Don't worry about the wicked, or envy those who do wrong." So it's like he's saying, "Hey, those of you that are envying the people that you're looking at your life, and you're like, I'm trying to do the right thing, and in the midst of trying to do the right thing, I'm watching this person or this group of people or or this." thing over here, and it's not doing the wrong thing, and I'm beginning to envy the people that are doing the wrong thing, because it seems like if I just maybe join in a little bit with that, if I maybe include a little bit with this, if I try to help God out in this way, it seems like they are being successful, and so I'm considering doing the wrong thing. I'm considering getting in on maybe what I see other people doing that seems like it's being successful. And it makes me believe this because in verse 3 and in verse 4, I almost see this picture of David as saying, don't do this, here's what you need to do. Don't worry about this, here's what you need to do. Don't envy people that are doing the wrong things, but here's what you need to do. And in verses 3 and 4, he says, trust in the Lord and do good, then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you your heart's Desires, He says almost trust God instead of worry. Don't worry. Trust God. Don't envy people that are doing wrong. Continue to do what is right. What you know to be right and following after Jesus. He says do it this way. Don't do it this way. And then he tells us to do what we're talking about here in point number one. Which is to take delight in the Lord. And I want us to look at verse 4 a little bit closer as we talk about this point together. Because the Hebrew word here that we translate as delight. I don't know if you've ever done a word study on some of the words in the Bible. Whenever you read a scripture. And you're like what does that really mean? I would encourage you to do a word study on that. And figure out what is God really saying through his word in this scenario. And so the, the word, the Hebrew word here that we translate as delight. Is the word anog. And here's what it means. It means to be soft. Delicateness. To be pliable. To be soft, delicateness, and to be pliable, which then led me to think, well, I like the word pliable. I'm thinking, what does it mean to be pliable? Here's what it means to be pliable. Do we have that definition? The word pliable. Easily bent, flexible, easily influenced. So here is what David was writing and what the Holy Spirit inspired him to write in this moment when he said, take delight in the lord he said will you remain soft in the lord will you remain flexible in the lord will you take delight when you are in the middle of you're wondering if you need to start doing this because you're seeing them being successful you're in the middle of something and you don't really know what to do in that situation will you take delight in the lord will you remain pliable remain flexible, remain soft in the Lord. And here's what I have realized in my life, personally, is that when you find yourself in a situation where you don't know what to do, or you're walking through something hard, it's very easy, listen, it's very easy to allow your heart to become hard. And David says, don't don't worry about what's going on. Don't envy the people that are doing wrong, thinking that you need to help God out. But instead, trust in the Lord. Keep doing what is right. And delight yourself. Remain easily influenced by the Lord in the midst of what you are in right now. Don't allow... See, here's what happens when you allow your heart to become hard. It becomes more difficult for you to discern the voice of yourself, of the enemy... Or of the Holy Spirit in your life. You don't really know. I don't know what to do. My heart is hard. I'm upset about this. I'm frustrated about this. I find myself not knowing what to do. And I've allowed my heart to become hard. And some of us are in this right now. And listen you know. Right now the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And you're like yeah. Mine's about halfway hardened over. Mine's about a third of the way hardened over. And today I believe that he put you in this seat. So that he could remind you. What it looks like to take delight in the Lord. In the midst of whatever you're walking through. Yeah. remain soft don't let your heart become hard because you don't think god is coming through in the timing that you think he ought to do it in delight yourself in the lord delight yourself in the lord remain soft and pliable and flexible and easily influenced by the lord we can say it this way take on the characteristics of of softness and being pliable and being flexible with the Lord when you don't know what to do you know what God I may not understand it but I'm going to remain easily influenced and easily flexible and easily molded by you I'm not going to allow myself and my heart to become hard I'm going to delight myself in you when I don't know what to do don't take matters into your own hands and ponder ways that you can get around having to trust God Anybody ever been thinking up ways that you can get around having to trust God? You're sitting at home, and you're in the midst of a situation, and you're thinking up way, And when you stop and think about it, we don't think about it in that moment in that way. But in hindsight, we're like, I was just trying to come up with a way that I didn't have to trust God. I was trying to do it in my own strength, do it in my own power, figure out what's working. Well, I see this working for them, so maybe I'll try that over there. And we're trying to figure out how we can get around God's process and trusting Him. But instead, delight yourself. In the Lord, remain soft and remain pliable. And it made me ask the question, why is this so important for us to do? I believe it's because in God's perfect timing, we will see that God's way is the right way and God's way is the best way. And you may not get it right now. You may not understand it right now. But if you'll remain pliable, if you'll remain soft, if you'll remain in this state, if you'll take on these characteristics and delight yourself in the Lord when you don't know what to do and you find yourself in a difficult situation you will eventually discover that God's way is the right way. And you will eventually discover that God's way was the best way. And you'll be able to see it later, but you may not see it right now. Right now, you've got to focus on delighting yourself in the Lord. And here's what David tells us will happen when we do that. He says it this way. He will give you your heart's desires. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you your heart's desires. Now, not only do I believe that this is a verse that's talking about not you getting everything that you want, but when you delight yourself in the Lord, when you remain pliable with the Lord, when you remain soft in the Lord, that He's going to give you the desires of your heart. He's going to give you what you need to be desiring. He's going to, he's going to maybe readjust some things in your heart and in your life so that you're beginning to desire what it is that He desires for you, And not only do I believe that, but it's interesting to me that the same word, this word that we translate as desires in verse 4 of Psalm 37, is the same word that we translate as prayers in Psalm 20 and verse 5. And this is what it says. May we shout for joy when we hear of your victory and raise the victory banner in the name of our Lord and look at it. May the Lord answer all your same word prayers. May the Lord answer all of your prayers desires may the Lord answer all of your prayers it's the same exact word and so while I do believe that God will give you the desires of your heart God will give you what you need to be desiring and line up your desires with his desires because that's ultimately what he wants to give you I also believe that God knows your petitions and God knows your desires and God hears your prayers and that God wants to answer God want, and, and he's taking you on this journey, and we have to focus in on the first part of the verse. If we want to receive what it is that God desires for us, we have to take delight in him. We have to remain moldable and not become hardened in our hearts and hardened in our lives to where we're no longer being obedient to what God is. We're no longer open, listen, we're no longer open to what it is that God wants to do because we think that we have a better way. We have to delight ourselves in the Lord. I may not understand it, but I'm going to delight myself in the Lord. When you're praying for a miracle, remain soft. While you're making your request known to God, remain pliable. When you're struggling in the midst of a situation, take delight in the Lord. Here's the second thing that I believe we can do and that we need to do when we're not sure what else to do in what we're walking through. And it's simply this, believe. Believe. Not only do we need to delight We need to believe. And I want to read this story. This is in Mark chapter 9, and we're going to to dig into this just a little bit because it's, man, it is so good. It is so powerful and so relevant to your life, and you may have not seen it before. You may have not paid attention to it before, but I want us to read it. It's in Mark chapter 9, starting in verse 14. It says, When they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them, and some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe and they ran to greet him. Let me ask you a question that I've asked you before if you've been here for several months. When was the last time that you were just in awe of your heavenly Father? When was the last time that you weren't so familiar with God to take him for granted? And you were just in awe. You were in awe when you looked back. When was the last time you sat down and you looked back over your life and you were just in awe of what God had done for you? You were in awe of how he had, oh my, you were in awe of how that just fell off the wall. You were in awe, come on, roll with me now. You were in awe of how God had been good to you in that situation. And you were in awe of how God had been faithful. You were in awe of how he had seen you through what he saw you through. You were in awe. Of the relationships that he brought into your life? When was the last time that you were, this, this says that when they saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe. I think that we need to be overwhelmed with awe. That God is that good, that he created the entire universe, put everything in its place, created you, created me, put us here at this exact time for this exact purpose. When was the last time that you were just in awe? It says that they were overwhelmed with awe and they ran to greet him. What is all this arguing about, Jesus asked. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit and won't let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, and they couldn't do it. Jesus said to him, You faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening, Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire, or even water, or into water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Jesus said, what do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. When this boy's father is having a conversation with Jesus, he asks Jesus, He says, Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Anybody ever prayed a prayer like that? He said, God, if you can. I need you to do something in my life if you can. I need you to come through in this situation. I need a financial blessing if you can. I need you to heal my body if you can. I need you to restore this relationship if you can. And I love Jesus' response to this Father because the Father says, have mercy on us and help us if you can. And Jesus says, what do you mean if I can? Almost like Jesus is saying, my name and that phrase don't even go together. Like, what are you, are you talking to, are you talking to somebody else that's around? What do you mean, if I can? What you, I can't even be associated with the phrase, if I can. What are you talking about, if I can? And then Jesus makes this statement, and I love this statement, and I believe he's saying this to somebody today. He says, anything is possible if a person believes Help me, have mercy on me, help help me in this situation if you can. Jesus says, what do you mean if I can? Anything is pers- is, is possible if a person believes. And the word that we translate as believe, look at this, is the Greek word pistuo, and here's what it means. To have faith in, to trust in, to have confidence, but that's not the best part. This is derived from a word that means to be persuaded. So here's what Jesus is saying. What do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if you're persuaded that anything is possible with me. What are you talking about if I can? Anything is possible if you only believe that it's possible with me. If you are persuaded or convinced that with me all things are possible. I think that Jesus, in essence, is saying that He's able to do all things and anything is possible if a person is persuaded that that is the case. And then, in a moment of complete honesty, listen, Jesus has just said, what do you mean, if I can? Anything is possible if you're persuaded that it's possible. If you're persuaded that I am who I say I am, and that I can do what I say I can do, anything is possible if a person believes and then in this moment of honesty, complete honesty, come on, how many of us have trouble being completely honest with God? I mean, we, like, we, we pray things and we're not even completely honest with God who already knows all of our thoughts and all the things that we've done yesterday and we're doing today and we're going to do tomorrow. And we struggle being honest with Him. And in this moment, Jesus is standing there in the flesh and this father of this boy acknowledges two things. He acknowledges belief and unbelief. And I see it as this in my in my head. It's like it's like we're standing here. Come on, how many of us have done this? We're like, I believe. But I don't know. I believe. I'm really not sure. And here's here's what I think is going on in this moment. Here's what I believe the Father is saying to Jesus. This is my opinion, but I think it's a good one. I think that this is what he's communicating. I believe, okay, what do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. And the father says, I believe you can. Okay, I believe you can, but I question if you will. I believe that you can. Okay, what do you mean if I can? And I think the the father is saying, okay, I believe that you can. I've heard stories. I've, I've seen things, I, you know, I've seen people that were once in this condition, now they're in this condition. Okay, I believe that you can, but I question whether or not you will. And there are some of us, I think, that even as we've gone through this series, this has been a struggle for you. Because you've watched in these stories, and you've seen God do it, and people sharing their story of how God did it in their life. And you're like, I believe that he can, I've watched it, I've seen it, but I don't know if he'll do it for me. I know that he's able, but I don't know that, you know, like you don't know what I've done. And so I don't know if he'll do it for me. I question whether or not he will, even though I believe that he can. And I think that there are some of us that have believed that God could, but at the same time questioned whether or not he would. And this is the place that this father is at. He believed that Jesus could restore his son to health, but he questioned whether or not Jesus would restore his son to health. I believe, this is how I see it in my mind. I believe you can, but can you help my unbelief? I believe that you're able, but can you show me? Because I, I, I'm i struggling with doubting that you will. So can you help my unbelief? I believe, but can you help my unbelief? And I think there might be many of us that are in this place That we see how God has helped other people. And so we believe that he's able to help. But we're just afraid that God will refuse to help us. I believe, but can you help my unbelief? And here's what I believe and what I think the Holy Spirit is saying to some of us in this room today. He's saying it's time to believe again. Because there are some of us that we believe he can. We just doubt that he will. And he's saying, will you believe again? Not only that I can, but that I can for you. That I will for you. Not only is God able to help us, but I believe he wants to help us. And here's what I would encourage you to do as you stand and believe, and then we'll go into point number three, is I think that we need to continue to put our faith in him. Maybe you've never done that, and that's the first step for you. You need to put your faith in Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus. Ask for his help. Come on, there's nothing wrong with asking for his help. Make your requests known to God. Here's what's going on in my life. Here's what's going on in my relationships. Here's what's going on in my, in my job. Here's what, and I believe that you can. And I'm putting my faith and my trust in you. I'm asking for your help. I'm believing that you can help me. And then here's the last thing that I think some of us have a tendency to leave off. We may put our faith in Jesus, and we may ask for his help. But at the same time, we, we struggle with doing what we know to do to follow his will for our life. And so we, we put our faith in him, and we, we stop, and we ask him for help, and then we sit there. This is what it looks like practically, the most practical example that I could give you, is we put our faith, we, like we've lost our job, and we need another job, and so we put our faith in, I'm trusting you, God, I'm asking for you to provide, and we fill out no application. I'm trusting in you, I'm believing that you can do it, I'm asking for you to do it, I'm asking for you to show up in this situation, but we never go talk to anybody. And, and, and I think that we're not the ones that can perform the miracle, only God can do that. Only God can come through, and you know, you may be thinking about your situation right now, and you're like, this has got to be God. Like the only way that this is going to happen is if this is God. But we can say, you know what, God, whatever your will is for my life, whatever you're asking me to do to play my part in this, to, 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 to do something, I'm going to do my best to follow you and follow your will for my life, and I'm going to keep walking and moving forward as I follow you, believing that you can, putting my faith in you, asking for your help, and believing that not only can you do it for them, but you also want to do it for me. It's a big deal. I think if we'll do these things specifically, then God takes care of the rest. God takes care of all the stuff that we don't have the power or the ability to do. And so when we find ourselves in a place where we're struggling to know what to do, we need to delight, we need to believe, and here's point number three, we need to keep hoping. We need to keep hoping. Um, I was reading in Romans, and there are I want to read about five or six verses from Romans chapter 4. This is the story of, you can read the story of Abraham in the book of Genesis. But this is where Paul is writing and he's going back and he's talking about Abraham's story as he's writing to believers. And he says, so the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift and we are all certain to receive it. Whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like Abraham's. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. This is what the scriptures mean. When God told him, I have made you the father of many nations, this happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Come on, is anybody thankful that God can create new things out of nothing? Yeah. He creates, he says, he, he, he believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason for hope. Somebody say no reason. No reason. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. Believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken. Even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. I want the worship team to go ahead and come back. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. I wonder if there's anyone at church today or even watching online that you have had moments in your life where there was no reason for hope. You felt like there was no reason for hope. It seems like a hopeless situation. I can't find a reason in this moment to keep hoping for the thing that I've been hoping for and believing for for so long. And the scripture says, talking about Abraham, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. Why did he keep hoping? Because he had a word from God. He had a promise from God. He had something that God had said, this is what I'm going to do in your life. And he kept hoping even when it looked like there was no reason to hope. Here's what I have discovered about this. Feeling hopeless is just that. It's a feeling, not a reality. Some of us are being overwhelmed by our feeling of hopelessness. And, and listen, it's a feeling. And just because it's a feeling doesn't make it a reality. Anybody ever felt anything in your life before, but it was not reality? It was just a feeling. Feeling hopeless is not reality. It's just a fe- That's why we call it feeling hopeless. Because it is just a feeling. It is not your reality. With Jesus Christ, there is always hope. Look at Hebrews chapter 6. In the same way, God, in his desire to show to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable nature of his purpose, intervened and guaranteed it with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things, what are those two unchangeable things? His promise and his oath in which it is impossible for God to lie. Come on, there's good news right there. We who have fled to Him for refuge would have strong encouragement and indwelling strength to hold tightly to the hope set before us. This hope, this confident assurance, we have as an anchor of the soul. It cannot slip and it cannot break down under whatever pressure bears upon it. This hope cannot slip and it cannot break down no matter what pressure bears down on it no matter what happened no matter what you're facing you have hope come on this hope is an anchor for the soul when you keep your hope in God when you keep your hope in his word when you keep your hope in his promises that hope is an anchor for your soul that cannot slip and it cannot break down under any pressure and look at Abraham again even though Abraham couldn't see it was possible he couldn't see how it was going to happen It seemed like there was no reason for hope. He kept hoping. Even though Abraham figured his body was as good as dead at his age, he kept hoping. He figured his body was as good as dead at his age. Even though Abraham figured that Sarah's womb was as good as dead at her age, he kept hoping. Can I encourage you with something today? Some of us got too much figuring going on. Even though Abraham figured... But well, I just figure my body's as good as dead at 100 years old. But I'm going to keep hoping. Well, I just figure there's no way that Sarah can have a baby. I mean, look at how old she is. I mean, her womb's as good as dead. I just fi- Well, I just figure I'm too old to do that now. Well, I just figure I'm too young and nobody would listen to me. Well, I just figure my life is probably always going to look like this and there's really no way out. Well, I just figure that it's probably going to end in divorce, and so I just figure that we might as well just start heading that direction. Well, I just figure, listen, I came to tell somebody today that God does not operate on your figures. And some of us are doing too much figuring. We've got our life calculator out, and we're doing all the figuring, and we're like, mm-hmm. Looks like that's what's going to happen. I just figure that's what's going to happen. And God says, I don't go off your figures. Some of us need to throw our figures in the trash. Because the enemy's got you trying to figure out, well, how is that going to happen? Well, how am I going to accomplish that when I'm this old? Well, how am I going to do that because nobody's ever listened to me before? Well, how can I serve in that area because I'm just not gifted in that way? Well, how can, well I've never seen myself doing that, and so I just figure that it wouldn't work. Well, I just figure even though God was telling me to start that business, it really wouldn't work because I've never done a business before. Why does figure that? And we try to figure everything out. And I think we need to take a lesson from Father Abraham. Come on, y'all remember that song, Father Abraham. That even though Abraham says it says he figured that his body was as good as dead at a hundred, he figured that Sarah's womb was as good as dead. And even when there seemed like there was no reason to hope. He kept on hoping. Why did he keep on hoping? Because he knew God will not lie. That God is telling, that I have a promise, I have a word from God. And so even though it looks like there's no reason to hope, even though I've done some figuring, I'm going to throw my figures out because God said it. And if God said it, God will do it. And his timing and his way and all of this, it's his way is always right. His way is always better. There are two things, if you'll go ahead and stand to your feet, that I want to end with. Did you notice what happened as a result of Abraham continuing to hope? We're talking about how we need to delight. We don't know what to do. Hey, here's what I can do. I'm going to delight myself in the Lord. Here's what I can do. I'm going to believe again. I'm going to believe not only that God can, but I'm going to believe that He wants to and that He will. And I'm standing on it. And I'm going to keep hoping. And I don't know if you noticed it, but here's what here's what the Bible says was a result of Abraham continuing to hope and believe in God's promises. It says a couple of different things. The first one, it says that his faith grew stronger. There are some of us that when we continue to hope, right now in the situation, you're continuing to hope in and you're just holding on to hope. And you're, I know I need to continue to hope. God's your faith is growing stronger. Your faith is growing stronger. And here's the second thing that we see was a result of this. And it says, because of this, God got the glory. That he brought glory to God. See, so many times, and I know you are so tired of hearing this over and over and over again. But there are so many situations that I believe God is trying to bring glory to himself out of your life and your situation. And we're missing it. We're missing it. God says, will you delight in me will you believe that not only can I but I will and I want to do it for you and it's not just what you've seen on a screen over the last four weeks but that God is able to do that for you will you believe it and will you keep hoping will you stop figuring and keep hoping that even in the midst of I figure this is probably what's going to happen if God didn't say that's what's going to happen, then you need to quit figuring that that's what's going to happen. I love the song. We don't sing it here, but. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. No.
2: <laughs>
0: um, no, I really do. I love this song. I love listening to this song. It's called The Cross Has the Final Word. It's a few years old. I can't remember how it is now, like two the cross has the final word you know why you can delight in the Lord in the midst of difficulty when you don't know what to do because he has the final word you know why you can believe not only that he can but that he wants to and that he'll do it for you what you've seen him do for other people because he has the final word you know why you can stop figuring that just because your mom and your grandma and your great grandma all had cancer that you figure you're probably going to get cancer because God has the final word He has the final word. You know why you can keep hoping when it looks like there's no reason to hope? Because He has the final word. And I love what Jesus said. He said, anything is possible. Anything is possible. We can't fathom this, and so it's hard for us to believe it and wrap our minds around it. But he says anything is possible if you are convinced and persuaded that anything is possible. If you're convinced and persuaded that as I follow Jesus, that he's going to do miraculous things. And I don't have to continue to live this way and I don't have to continue to be sick and I don't have to continue to worry about this and try to figure that out and do all of my figuring. I can can hope in Him. I can believe in Him. I can delight in Him. And in His perfect timing, He's going to do what He said He would do. What do you do when you don't know what to do? You delight yourself in the Lord. And you believe, not only can He, but He will. That He wants to do it for you. And when it looks like there's no reason to hope, you keep hoping. And I want to pray, we're going to pray and and then sing this song, but I want to pray two specific prayers. One of them is going to be for those of us in this room, those that are watching online, that you're struggling either to delight yourself in the Lord, you're struggling to believe. Maybe you're like this father in the story and you believe that he can, but you're like, will you help my unbelief? Like, I'm struggling to believe that you will. I believe that you can, but I'm struggling to believe that you will. And for those of us that are struggling to keep hoping, that we're looking at our situation, we're thinking there's no reason to hope. No, there's always reason to hope. Keep hoping because your faith is in Jesus Christ. But before we do that, I want—I felt—I felt led in this story that we watched. The story was about two people, part of our church, that were told there's no reason why you should have a kid. with all of the issues, with all of the infertility, with all of this stuff going on, like how, and there is no way that you should have had a kid. And I believe there may just be one person in here today, or it may be many people in here today, but you're a married couple, or you're, you know, maybe you're a a, a wife and you're here, but your husband's not here, or you're a husband that's here, and your wife's not here, and and your desire has been to have a kid. You want to have a family, but it has not been happening for you, and you, maybe you know Maybe the doctor has told you what the issue is. Maybe you've never even been to the doctor, and so you don't know why it's not happening, but you want it, and it's the desire of your heart. Here's what what I can tell you. I can't promise you anything that I say is going to do anything. But I can promise you that there is a God who loves you, that sent his son into the world to save the world, to give his life for you and me. And while he was here, he said, anything is possible. He looked at this father and said, what do you mean, if I can't? Anything is possible if a person believes. And so I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. And there's not going to be anything. I'm just telling you, there's not going to be anything. Don't be looking for me to say the right words. Like, I'm not going to have the right words to say. I'm just going to pray in faith that God is going to do what only God can do. And my encouragement to you is to stand there and you pray it in your heart or pray it out loud or whatever you want to do in this moment. And you just receive what God wants to do for you and believe that His way is the right way, that His timing is perfect, and that He can do what only He can do, and that anything is possible if a person believes. You just stand on the Word that anything is possible. You don't stand on my word. You don't stand on the person's word next to you. You don't stand on what somebody spoke over you five years ago that hasn't happened yet or did happen or whatever the case might be. You stand on God's word and Jesus Christ himself in the flesh when he was walking on the earth, looked his father in the eye and said, what do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if you are persuaded that with me anything is possible. So you believe. So come on, can we just lift our hands all across this room? We can all do this, but I'm praying specifically for these two things. First of all, for, for couples, for married couples, for maybe a wife or a husband that's here, and the desire of your heart is to have a family. So Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that anything is possible with you. All things are possible with you. Anything is possible if a person believes. And so God, today, I pray that we would be persuaded all across this room that you are who you say you are and that you can do what you say you can do and that we would be overwhelmed with awe. That we would be overwhelmed with awe at who you are that you love us so much lord i pray for people right now that are in this room that have seen these stories over the last four weeks and they have struggled to believe i I, maybe they even watched this story today and thought wow god did it for them but i wonder if he'll ever do it for me lord today i pray that hope would rise in their heart today that faith would rise in their heart today and lord i pray right now that you would do supernaturally what only you can do As we stand in agreement and we stand and we believe and we receive what it is that you want to do, we say we trust you in the process. We trust you with how you want to do it. It doesn't have to look how we want it to look like. But, Lord, I pray that you would do what you want to do, what you desire to do. Lord, that you would give the desire of these people's hearts, Lord, that you would open wombs and that you would supernaturally heal infertility. And, God, that you would do what no doctor could ever explain. Lord, that there will be more stories of people sitting in the doctor's office. How in the world are you pregnant? How in the world did you have that kid? How in the world it's only God? Only God lord today i pray for every person in this room that is struggling to delight themselves in you to stay soft in you maybe their heart is becoming hardened toward toward people or toward situations or or toward their work environment or whatever it is god wherever you've called them whatever you've called them to do and lord their heart is becoming hardened. i pray that they would remain pliable that they would remain easily influenced by you that they would delight themselves in you that they would believe again not just believe that you can but believe that you will believe that all things are possible believe that nothing is impossible with you believe that if you did it for them that you'll do it for me and that we would stand on that today and for those that see there's no reason for hope Right now, in Jesus' name, I declare that hope would rise in their life right now. That hope would rise in their heart right now. That they would begin to hope again, believe again, delight again, and that you would do what only you can do. If you're here and you're on the prayer team, you can go ahead and make your way down to the front. and We're going to sing this song, and I am encouraging you. If you're here today and you need prayer for anything in your life, you need prayer for anything in your life, you need to come down and you just need to declare, I'm going to believe again. I'm going to hope again. I'm going to stand again. If you want somebody, where's Stephen and Cassie? Are y'all here? I'm going to ask them to come down. And man, if you're here and you and you, and your desire has been, your desire has been to have a family and it hasn't happened for you yet. And you just want somebody to stand and encourage you believe with you speak hope and speak life into you i would encourage you to come down and let them pray for you there's not anything listen they're just two people that are willing to be used by god just willing to be used by god but if you need prayer as the worship team begins to sing this song if you need prayer for anything in your life i would encourage you to slip out of your seat let somebody pray with you let somebody encourage you let somebody agree with you lord i thank you for your word And Holy Spirit, I pray as we sing this song that you would draw every person today who needs prayer for anything in their life.